from Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning. Focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Indeed, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, no matter what the thermometer says. (laughs) Welcome to all of you. Uh, And uh, we're welcoming in Jane Lee, God's Heart and Hands Ministry. And... uh, Thank you. Hope it's you're good having to be a great here. summer. I am, and it's a little cooler today. One thing about 110 is 95 is really okay. Oh yeah, you feel good. You don't even you're need the air good. on at that point. <laughs> you know, I, I read a figure the other day that it was like one in four people in this area don't have access to air conditioning, wow. and that's you know that's and, and I was even reading in, in places like Phoenix, Tucson, those those places that get real hot, Las Vegas. Um, about the same figure mm-hmm. and that's that's real difficult you know and they and the, the government's gotten pretty good about opening cooling centers and uh-huh. things like that but if if you have to work or if you have to whatever mm-hmm. you know you can't just maybe you don't have transportation you can't just say oh well, let's go spend the day in the cooling center right even though right. that may when it's i mean some of those places are well sacramento had 116 last Mm-hmm. September mm-hmm. wasn't even I mean it was still summer technically right but it was you know I mean so it's it's we're back to having <laughs> pretty pretty high temperatures we are we are but God makes it amazing he doesn't he give it I mean air conditioning and water and swimming pools and popsicles he gave us and shade he gave us those Popsicle. things. Popsicle yes. lasts about 30 seconds and 160. that's true that's true but it's like where do we look as we encounter something difficult we have to find something. God gives us joyful things to help with it, well, to help us get through you know, it. It's, it's interesting that I was reading, there was there was some thought that Death Valley might get to the all-time record, uh-huh. you know, and they were overrun with tourists. It was last week, you know, like, right. like everybody wanted, I, I remember um, going to Death Valley in the summer for that, for that, not because I thought it might set a record, but because this is the hottest place on earth it's it it always fascinated me as a little kid and we never went there and wait so folks went there purposely to experience oh, the hottest because they wanted to be there the day the world record wow. at, you know the all time well all time as long right. as uh, until tomorrow <laughs> well or or how long have they been keeping records in death valley a little over 100 right. years you know mm-hmm. but but um so that's hardly all time we mm-hmm. you know <laughs> We, but it's still that's quite a story. And what do they call it? Recorded history, or right. or since records were kept. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's a fa- it's a fascinating place. You know, mm-hmm. people that go to Antarctica for the same reason. Oh, it was a hundred and five below. You know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of the people live in Antarctica. They do, and in Death Valley, and in Death Valley. Yes, and I was I was. Yeah, and and you, when Death Valley was settled, it was like in the 1880s. There was no air conditioning. There was no, no. There not was, many trees, right? It's not a shady kind no, of place. No, it's not a shady kind of place. And and yet, the people who settled it, I was I was just reading about it the other day because it was so fascinating. They had they were raising corn and melons and alfalfa and and, and farm animals and fresh eggs and and I guess the farm animals could live in that. And abundant water because they, there were a lot of springs and things and wow and and it was an actual oasis for people that would travel through that area. That um, you thought, wow, how is that possible? I didn't know you could grow crops in 120. No, uh, but I guess with enough water, mm-hmm. you could. Wow, human perseverance is amazing. Yeah, how we can make do with what we've got. Yeah. And I mean, and they turn it- they settled to the to mine the borax or something, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and hauled it out with the 20 mule team. But they had to find that when they got there. They didn't go yeah. there knowing. Well, and who, who discovered it first? Right. And there, and there were uh, the Panaman Indians and other mm-hmm. other groups that li- lived in that area um, back for, you know, for right. hundreds or thousands of years, mm-hmm. you know, and somehow survived it. I mean, it's not hot 12 months out of the year. Right, but it's 
pretty darn hot. I know when we study what God has done on this earth and how human beings have, have migrated and been in different regions, it's a phenomenal story or many phenomenal stories really, of really that, is. of the ingenuity. Because they didn't go there knowing the borax was there, but when they did, they found it. But they went there and through their well, own it's, perseverance. It's, it's amazing to me how, you know, that... Um, there, there were no, you know, there was no Seven Eleven. There was no. no grocery They had to bring store. it, or create it, or grow yeah. it, right, and or it, make it. Yeah, it's just amazing that it's amazing that the species has survived. Right, right. They you used know. they had a reality program a couple of decades ago where like half a dozen families went back into Montana, mm. and they had to live as they did 150 years mm. ago. And just watching the ingenuity of them, they, how did they figure out what baking soda did versus baking powder? It was handed down, right? It was that yep. community aspect, but still people had to figure it out and to watch all of this. And they had they had everything that they did for that era, nothing else. And so it was fascinating to go back and it, to pull it out of the history books, kind of pull it off the paper and let us live it. It gives us an appreciation for yeah. the, the the diversity and the dynamic nature of the human organism, yeah, I mean, of my, the human my, body that God is. I grew up in rural North Dakota. Mm-hmm. Most of North Dakota is rural anyway, but uh, you know, and and uh, during the depression, and mm-hmm. um, she said though that nobody had any money, but she said the one thing we always had enough to eat because they were on a farm, mm-hmm. and and they ate all parts of the pig and all mm-hmm. parts of the, I guess that's how sausage was invented, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, my but, father-in-law was a farmer, and hearing him talk about head cheese, yep. it was they. Right. And how long? I think it was twenty-four hours. They had to simmer the head of whatever it was, and they did. And everything was used. And knowing some farmers myself, it's fascinating that we do it. It's a whole different lifestyle. And yet, I remember, you know, I always was in a town. You mm-hmm. know, didn't have the farm experience. Um, always been very taken with the farm experience, mm-hmm. but. But I remember my oldest daughter. One day, um, we were we. She was probably two years old, maybe mm-hmm. three, old enough to talk and very smart. And she couldn't pronounce her R's. As mm-hmm. A lot of little kids couldn't. And we were eating chicken, you know, and just and we were actually at at uh, my parents' house. So grandma and grandpa. My parents were there, and uh, uh, probably a sibling of mine or two were there, mm-hmm. and uh, we're sitting there, and and she was kind of picking at her food a little bit, and I, I jokingly said to her, I said, uh, you better eat your chicken before it flies away. Mm-hmm. And she looked at me with, not alarm, but with surprise, uh-huh. and she said, that's a void? bird right like she had no sense that that chicken was a bird right it was something we got at the grocery store and it didn't even look like a bird when you bought it Uh uh-huh you know it wasn't hanging there right from the uh, like some of the live markets or Uh something you know it was just this hunk of something that dad bought at the grocery store and cooked and it's called chicken Mm -hmm. you know like right and she did she was like I, I we joke about it to this day. There was no connection. And did she keep eating when she understood it was a bird? Was she okay I with that? I think she became a vegetarian <laughs> I think so. qu- quickly. <laughs> but you bring up a really good point when we're talking about these generational aspect, historical aspect of families in different parts of the world is parenting, how it's changed. The farm culture, parenting in a farm culture is very different than even parenting in a city at that era. But in that era of parenting and then talking about your parents and now how we have to parent today. Um, how different it is and what a challenge I think um, and it's always got its challenges but it is the biggest job on the planet well, I think it, it is and and because of so uh, I, I I I feel like it's different than when I was a kid mm-hmm. I I feel like it's different now even than when my oldest kids were born how so how so what kind of changes so many so much more information and you know somebody somebody I can't remember who said it, but everybody's thought it is. We have never had so much inform uh, avail uh, so much access to to information, mm-hmm. and know so little. 
because there's so much conflicting information mm. out there. You know, whether it, it, it's not just on the issues of the day, but there's, you know, you can go anywhere and, you know, read that the, the world is the moon's made out of cheese and mm -hmm. some people still believe it or believe it right. or think it's made out of this and and so-and-so is doing this and there's this secret lab in right. somewhere you know and it's right. like that's making moon cheese <laughs> yeah well in the old days you just kind of if, if it was printed you kind of took it as mm -hmm. gospel you know right. uh, whether it was a newspaper or what you heard on tv at, mm -hmm. and on the news or something uh and now everything's about advocacy I have, you know, I believe in global warming. I don't believe in global warming. Mm -hmm. And so everything gets filtered. I only read stuff that agrees with what mm -hmm. what what I believe. And and it and there's no well, who is this you know, I, I got something one time from the 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 the, the Den Denver Gazette or something. There's no such thing. Oh. There is no Denver Gazette. It was just some guy decided to call himself the Denver oh, Gazette. Oh, my gosh. And he's sending out these emails about, I don't know, the, the Rocky Mountains actually have, I don't know, dynamite buried. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Just like in, right. And people are, well, it's the Denver Gazette. You know, it must be true. Oh, my. And, 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 and so you have all this conflicting information. So how do you, as an experienced journalist vet that filter uh, determine if it's authentic well you know you just because then we'll get to the almond the, the the man on the street and how he's supposed to do it but how do you do it well you, you uh <laughs> you have to know who your sources are and um you have to figure out who's who's funding these sources mm -hmm. and do they have do they have an axe to grind i mean sometimes many times people have access to grind and they're speaking the truth Mm -hmm. I mean, they are. They're speaking the truth. Um, and, like, if, if, <laughs> if you don't want to believe slavery exists in the United States at one time, mm -hmm. there are people out there that will tell you that. There are scholarly papers, supposedly, mm -hmm. that will say, oh, it never existed. That was all, uh, that's, that's all a lie. That's, you know. And right. Then, and then there are people who will say, no, uh, actually, slavery did exist. Okay. So. You know, and and they also have an axe to grind, but they're speaking the truth. So on one Just topic. Just because you have a self-interest in something doesn't mean you're not speaking the truth. Wow. Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? Yes, like, I do. Like I have and that's self, one issue. And that's I have a self-interest in my kids being healthy. Mm -hmm. So when I tell them that, you know, you should eat X, Y, and Z, mm -hmm. I have an axe to grind. Right. But I'm also hopefully telling them the truth mm -hmm. about what they should. So just because you have self-interest doesn't mean you're not speaking the truth. Right. But sometimes self-interest is blinding. Right. Right. I mean, how can you have whole groups of people who believe in global warming and whole groups of people who don't believe in global warming? Being a scientist from the past, and, and I don't think it's, it's education that would say I can say this, but I mean, just being alive long enough and having logical thought, it's interpretation of data. And it's comparing it to the context of other, the Rubik's Cube, depends on how you spin it. This data is still there. Yeah, That's what I would offer. What do you think? Because yeah. it's, and both well, data, both have facts to back up their perspective. Data is there, but it's, it, all, all I'm, my, my point is, is, is there's so much information out there that is contrary to you got know, it that you i think that, i mean kids i i i forget there was there was one story that really really had a lot of legs a, a year mm -hmm. or two ago i can't remember what it was and then Turned out it was it was straight out hoax. It was a straight out hoax, and mm -hmm. then the, the hoaxer finally admitted it, and everybody went, "Wow, that really fooled us. That that really fooled us." You know. So how would you, you having raised children and been so experienced and know the the field of journalism so well, for a parent 
because really the, the ministry that I have is that God has given me is God's heart and hands, and his parents are the link between God and their children. We are their heart and hand, God's heart and hands. How would you help a parent having to find information, to, to, to discern because it, it is information overload. Well, I think, I, think what, I think what you have to do is, is you always have to do the logic test. And you always have to, you, you have to be ever present in your kids' lives. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it's not, it's not that you monitor where they're going and uh, where they're going. I mean, online or, or right, whatever. Right, right. But, um, I mean, there's, there's the obvious bad stuff online you know the yes that's clear and, black and, and white and all right. that stuff but but in terms of in terms of of information just like global warming taking something that's innocuous and that it doesn't impact how you raise your children but they're going to bring this subject to you let's say yeah. they want to discuss it with you as yeah. children do and and you i mean like i say i mean it, it there's so many things that that uh you know two and two is four but there are people out there they're going to tell you it's five Mm-hmm. You know, and how do you say no, no, no? It's 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 really four, right? And um, it's it's great that we have all this information, but sometimes the, the, it's so conflict. And I don't think we mm-hmm. had the same amount of conflict. People people didn't have. Everybody's a journalist right now. You can you can go on Facebook, uh, Twitter, or whatever, and say, "Hey, I just right. learned that right. blah 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 blah." And unfortunately, parents have to be journalists right now. Yeah, and and there are there are, as as we know from um, you know <laughs> some of our enemies mm-hmm. are spreading dif- disinformation intentionally. Right. right. You know, and um, it's it's. It's it's very difficult, and it and is. you I th- I think as a, uh, as a parent, you just you just have to kind of be be willing to discuss these things with your kids. Mm-hmm. You know, you know it doesn't happen so much with the little ones, but teenagers, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. young adults, um, it's ultimately you know the 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 one place where there isn't disinformation is in the four walls of that church. That's you know? true. Isn't that interesting? It, it, it That's really is, not you know? changed. And, and um, you know, I, I, I say, you know, even, even I mean, the, the real presence, which we're in the, you know, the Eucharistic revival, uh-huh. which I think is fabulous. You know, it's like uh, there are people who, they're not, I don't think they're deniers. You know, you see these polls and they right. talk about, well, only X percentage of Catholics believe in the real presence. is right. almost like it's a scandal or something, and and they're not deniers. They're not it just for some reason. I mean, they can be very devout mm-hmm. people who just for some reason haven't been graced right with the the belief, mm-hmm. you know, because. Don't Which pat, can happen with our own children. Yeah, even. don't pat yourself on the back too much because you believe right. in God because that's a grace. That's mm-hmm. that's a gift, you know. And um, I've never questioned the real presence. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I've intellectually questioned it, but but it didn't didn't take. <laughs> you know, right. it, it just right. didn't take. Mm-hmm. It's because if 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 you can believe. And people say, "Well, how could it be? You know, how could that be? How how could that be possible? It's impossible." Um, if you can believe there's a God, if if you can believe that a redwood tree that's 365 feet tall somehow can take water out of the ground and send it 365 feet in the air to mm-hmm. the branches against gravity, right? Redwood tree must have a big motor in there, or something, or a right, pump. Right, right. It's a lot of force. It, it's a lot of force to pull, oh, and, and they're pulling it out of the ground. It's not it's just pulling, getting it out of a stream. Yeah, it, didn't, it, didn't, it has yeah, to pull. It exert has to force. Get, it has to somehow suck the water. Yes, it's suction. There's quite a bit of force. And and then send it uh-huh. against gravity. I mean, you 
You can have a tomato plant in the backyard, and you walk outside after one, and you go, oh, it's wilting. Oh, my gosh. I got right. some water on it. Uh-huh. It's like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's back, I mean, if, unless it went too far. But, you know, it, right. and you're going, how did that happen? How is that possible? Right. If, so if you can believe that, mm-hmm. you can believe in the real presence. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would offer, too, that you can intellectually decide because, like you said, inside those four walls, it's not changing. So I'm going to intellectually decide. I'm going to exercise my faith that way. I'm not going to exercise it towards, uh, you have to prove it to me. No, God said it. Our church it said it. I'm going to agree. Yeah, there's, there's and a- then God will, and I'm going to open my heart to God. And, okay, God, I'm here. I believe this is you. And so we have a peace in that. That we can exercise our will to our faith. Yeah, I mean, there there are so many things that um, you can question. Why why is this this way? Why how does it? How, right. does, how it, does that happen? How does a tree do this? You know? Right, and we can actually and, measure it. And we know how much force it is, and it's big. Yeah, it's and, big. And, and yet, if if Jesus said, like you just said, if Jesus said it, I I can be curious as to why it is that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I can be curious as to why, why does it need to be the body and blood of Christ? Mm-hmm. Why, you know, why couldn't it just be a symbol? Uh, right. I, I don't know. But if Jesus said, this is my body, it's his body. Right. I, and I, I don't, I don't, I, I, I no longer question that as a fact. Mm-hmm. It is a fact. It's not a belief. True. It's a fact because it doesn't matter People say, well, a fact is only something that's been scientifically proven. No, a fact is a fact. Well, actually, I, whether well, it's been proven or not, I'll go down their bunny hole if they're going to go down that bunny trail. It has been proven because when there's been a, a oh, sure, Eucharistic sure. miracle and we send it in a blind study to the lab, they come back yeah. across the world, across the decades, even one that's hundreds of years old with the blood type sure. and its heart but, tissue. But, but even those who don't, you know, aren't aware of that or don't accept right. that, you know, because. Well, that's a different issue if they're not going to accept it. Right. They're not looking for fact. Right. They're not. But facts are facts, whether any yes. anybody in the world believes them, mm-hmm. they're facts. So if Jesus said it, he's the ultimate authority. Mm-hmm. I don't, I won't question that it's a fact. I might still question, I don't, under, I don't understand why it needs to be the body and blood of Christ, but right. I do understand that it is. Yes. And that's enough for me. Right, you know, and it was so important that when oh, it was hugely when important. he stated it, and they reared up, and he and people walked away. Yeah, sure. He doubled down. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Didn't he didn't say, say oh, okay, okay, okay. Right. Well, me, How many? I mean, it's yeah. quite a few that he lost. Let him, so, let me modify that a little. Right. Bit. Oh, you misunderstood me. Yeah. No, it's that important. Yeah. So, right. so it it has to be, mm-hmm. and it is the source and summit of our faith. It isn't just oh, it's just one of a hundred beliefs or something. No. It's so important, and and so I think the and that's not what the Eucharistic revival is all about necessarily. Mm-hmm. Just that that we have a, a significant number of people that mm-hmm. and it's like I say, it's not it's not hostile. It's not like oh, I don't believe that. It's not a rejection. Right. It's just they don't they haven't cross, been able to cross that line and accept that. Mm-hmm. Or, or I, I think probably a lot of people are in that sort of ambivalence. Like, well, I guess it could be, um, mm-hmm. but I'm not. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And I don't even. And maybe in their mind, they don't know why it would matter. As, as you know, because they do believe in Christ. Mm-hmm. They do believe in the in the cross. They do believe in the crucifixion and the resurrection mm-hmm. and why that was necessary. Mm-hmm. But. And so they don't they don't see it as a as a, a lack in themselves, and they're very respectful when they receive Holy Communion. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're oh, I'm not going to communion. That's not the body and blood of Christ. It's not. Right. I've never run into somebody like that. And that's where our job as parents is so crucial because our children do. We have you know our our children is as different as how God made them. They're not cut from. They don't. They all take things differently, and they have their own personalities. Sure. And some will have different levels of I agree or I agree with my heart I agree with my intellect or others are on disagreeing in different ways and the job of parenting in that moment in that situation is crucial 
because we, as the bridge between God and our children, have to help them navigate that in the way that God would want it to be, because He's He's He wants them to have faith and exercise their faith and trust. Right? What does the Divine Mercy image say on the bottom? Jesus, I trust in you. Right. So we trust what He says, and there is a certain amount that's going to be a mystery, and that's okay. Sure, but, and, and, but, and and that's mm-hmm. that that's one that that is is definitely a mystery, mm-hmm. and yet. I will say this, that you, if, if your kids think you don't believe it, they're not going to believe it. Right. They, they aren't. I mean, and, and if your kids think you believe it, mm-hmm. know you believe it, mm-hmm. know that you live it, mm-hmm. it doesn't guarantee they're going to believe it, but a much better chance they're going to believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, the, the, the one thing that, we all know whether you're a parent or not, is that you can't force people to believe something. Right, but they pick up a lot. They're sponges for yeah. for our role model uh, that we provide. I always go back to to my mom being a Lutheran mm-hmm. growing up, went to a Catholic nursing school in North Dakota in Bismarck, and she said, those nuns had something that I wanted. The way they lived their lives, how joyful they were how kind they were how loving they were how helpful they were they had something that i didn't have mm-hmm. and that's how she converted so it they was the role model they, they provided didn't try that, that to it was the her. joy how they lived exactly that drew her yeah and and she was so devout and i mean very definitely believed in the real presence and mm-hmm. you know and um and that and my dad was the same way, even though he wasn't a convert. Um, he was a cradle Catholic. But having those two, knowing, uh, probably, like I say, I never had a moment where I went, ah, is that really the body and blood of Christ? I don't know. I never had a moment like that. And it's probably because I I so respected my parents and their their heart and their souls and mm-hmm. and their goodness that knowing that they believed it it was it was uh, as easy as my dad saying you know that piece that sandwich you're having that that bread actually came from wheat uh-huh oh it did i didn't go oh well, duh, it couldn't have come from wheat you know i mean it's right like, right but i guess it came from wheat my dad mm-hmm. said it came from wheat you mm-hmm. know so knowing that they believed in the real presence, it was almost it was easy. It was easy right. for me to believe that I, that role modeling, the influence was there. The picture was complete, really. Yeah. And so for parents today, the they have what they're saying with against the backdrop of what the world is saying, what society is saying, what their all the other other inputs. So where I think when when you and I grew up, the picture our parents presented was the close to being the full picture until we became old enough that other we read newspapers and had other discussions but for parents now there's so much coming in from from the media from the, the simple things just commercials just cartoons just disney movies that say buy this toy you know um i remember when that didn't happen and i remember in the early 80s when my husband was in a graduate marketing class and they said that the uh, advertising industry had changed that they are now going to uh, advertise directly to children that up until this and that was 1981 82 the children had been considered sacred and that you went to the parent sure and then they understood that children influenced more disposable income and, than they ever anticipated. They just thought it was cereal. Um, mm-hmm. and, but then they, because of the cartoons, and then they realized, no, children had much more influence, so they started directly advertising to them. And so it just began from there in the early 80s. And so now we're seeing all of this influence coming into our children's eyes and ears and thoughts. And I remember the last time I took my, my oldest to Toys R Us, he was all of about two, and I had to get a birthday gift for a, a, a child. And his arm about came out of his socket because he was kept pointing and throwing his hand. I want that, want that, want that, want that. Mm-hmm. Looking around, it was too much visual stimulation. He wanted everything. And it all looked really good. That was the last time I took him. Because the input of everything he wanted. And he was, he was it, it, so then I knew. I needed to, no, not have it. Because I couldn't combat all that. And it wasn't healthy for him to have that much. So 
parenting in that moment changed. So I had to up my game and shift. So now that, and that's my new compared to what parents are dealing with now. And so understanding that they're, they're God's heart and hands and, and they stand between God and prayer and their child who they form for the future and the faith and the morals and the values. And the, going back to the catechism and to scripture, going back, we have to go back to the foundation because it's the tried and true stories. It's the it's the, what stood the test of time, if you will, mm-hmm. um, that really is where we have to go to. We have to go to God. What has God already given us? It doesn't have to be reinvented. It doesn't have to be a brand new slogan or idea or parenting idea. I remember my mom saying in the 60s when she was starting with um, our older, uh, my oldest brother that the one book that came out was Dr. Spock. That was one parenting book. And now you, there's aisles at the sure. bookstores. Sure. And it's like you just saying, there's so much conflicting um, uh, advice mm-hmm. and how do we sort it all out? And so to be in that, having to be in that, getting to be in that spot rather to see when it started mm-hmm. and to see where it is now, to stand in the breach and go, okay, how do we solve this? There is not enough time and enough energy for parents to filter out all those sources from magazines to blogs to who the experts are it goes on forever take it back to god take it back to god and instead of god being the 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 underneath all the pieces or if you will the foundation and and the box and the house and the structure put god back in the center where he holds a spot in your house put a small altar in your house and it can be a, a, a small table and it's where you have, this is just a focal point where it's a space where you're saying, this is where I'm going to have a picture of God, possibly pictures of family members we're praying for, maybe a little basket with prayer requests. We keep our rosary, but then the children can go up to it. And that draws our eye as we're whipping back and forth, loading and unloading the dishwasher as we do all the things that parents do um, and the laundry and, and checking on kids and, and so on. But it's a focal point. Mm-hmm. And that's really important. And it draws us back to starting with God in the center. And so in looking at the catechism and the section on family, the most basic, simple, is paragraph 2205. Daily prayer and the reading of the word of God strengthen it in charity, it being the family. Daily prayer. It didn't say elaborate. It didn't say big. It just said daily prayer and the reading of the word of God. They have children's Bibles now. They have Bibles for teenagers, all these different levels. But it's, it's putting it back in the center. It's just, and then it's the little ways. And it has to be seamless. It has to be what works for your family. Some people can go to adoration between dinner and bed. They can, they, it's close by. They can go for 15, 20 minutes. Some cannot. It's too big a drive or family mm-hmm. constraints or, or transportation. But they can do a family prayer. Sure. They can sit down and all those simple ways. So as we're drawn back, and, and I will say the benefit of all this influx of information is, and wanting to make the right decision is, go back to God. He'll guide us one way or another. And he'll give us peace, right? He didn't say he'll fix everything, which I always found curious. He said, my yoke is lightest, and I will give you rest. Mm-hmm. I will give you peace. I always looked for, where's the, you're going to take it away. <laughs> you're going to make it, you're going to make it all better. No, but he'll help us. He does promise like sevenfold or 70 fold or something. Wait, wasn't that how many times we have to forgive people? Forgive, yeah. yeah. But there's also, uh, you know. Oh, pour down upon you. Yeah. Thou, yes. Yeah. Yes. And so when we turn to I'm God. I'm doing the math on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, seven times 70 is 490. I right? hope I've, I probably, hopefully. You got that I've right. Been, I hope I've been, uh forgiven more times than that (laughs) so with that with that paragraph talking about daily prayer and the reading of the word of god to strengthen a family and charity a scripture that goes with it is matthew 7 24 therefore everyone who listens to these words of mine and acts on them will be like a sensible man who built his house on a rock Mm. when that was a scripture just a gospel a couple weeks ago talking about building your house on a rock versus sand and all of that um and so it takes the family back to the foundation, to the basics. Have God be in whatever we're doing in a way that works for us. Right. And I think, because I think that helps, because when you're talking about a, being a journalist and finding out a, a way to find the, um, the sources and which is a good source or not, and that was just on global warming. Yeah. <laughs> that was one thing, and there's so many other choices. There's so much other inf- information now that we can have. 
So, so then when you, so let me ask you then with your, with your adult children that are raising children, they must really have, oh gosh, benefited from your perspective because you were raised so much with God. That must. I hope, I hope they've benefited from that. Mm -hmm. Um, um, I, I don't see how they couldn't have, just as I benefited from my, I, I, I can't give myself much credit because I had some pretty good examples. Um, and I know there's there's a value in teaching for sure. Um, but the, the, the I think within the family situation, uh, and obviously teaching's important and learning's important uh, in terms of our faith, but uh, how someone lives their life as a parent to a child, you know, you know they because the the, the kids, especially when they're they're with you twenty four seven, they you can't have a bad day, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. uh, you can't fake it, you can't pretend to be nice, you either are or you're not, True. you know, and and those who live with you know know who you are, mm -hmm. and. Living by example, especially to your kids, I think is is so key to everything. You know, um, it's just so key to. I mean, m my kids really love their grandma, my mom, mm -hmm. um, in a real special way, and it was because of who she was. It wasn't because she was their grandma. You know, she had she had more authority than I did. <laughs> Really? I mean, we didn't. I mean, we lived in the same town. We didn't live uh -huh. with her, but but we lived in the same town, so they could see her see her relatively frequently, and she just she just, she just had such a moral a moral presence in a very loving way, mm -hmm. um, that uh, you know they, they if 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 Graham thought you shouldn't be doing something, you didn't do it. Because wow. they had so much respect for So her. many families don't have that now. Of yeah, the, it's, you no, know, it's, it's living away from extended families. Yeah, uh, we, you know, I didn't have grandparents growing up. Um, my uh, Two on my dad's side, uh, his mom died long before I was born. And his dad died shortly after I was born. And my other grandparents, the, the, the dad, my mom's dad died very young. Died when my mom was seven, mm. and um, so I had a. My grandma had had eventually remarried, and so, but they lived in North Dakota, so it was like uh, once every five years you might mm. see them, you know. Right. Before people hopped on airplanes and. Yes. You know, this was back in the day of covered covered wagons. You know? uh, uh huh. <laughs> Could hitch a ride with a Donner party, you know. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And so I, I didn't have that in my life, mm -hmm. but I did have my mom and dad and brothers and sisters, you know. Um, that's close, a gift if you can stay age. near extended family. Oh, and, and I, think, I think it that's is. That's a gift. And know? it's a choice to try to keep making. Well, and you, know? you see a lot of grandparents these days in, in the day of, of mom and dad, both with full-time jobs, um, you, you're seeing an awful lot which was my situation. My, mm -hmm. my, my mom, as, as, as much of an influence as she was, was always had a full-time job mm -hmm. as a nurse. And I mean, I remember when, when we first moved to California and I was five years old and my dad was going to college at age 40 after he hadn't finished college because of the outbreak of World War II. Mm -hmm. And so he was in the military. And... and um, so we moved, so he'd go to college. Mom got a job working nights mm -hmm. from 11 at night to seven in the morning at a nearby town as a nurse. Mm -hmm. And so when I went to bed, like I say kindergarten, I went to bed nine, 10 o'clock at night. Uh -huh. Mom was there, tucked me in, I'd get up, 7.30 in the morning, mom was there at breakfast. Wow. I'd go off to school. I'd come back from school at mm -hmm. 3 o'clock, 3.30. Mom was there. I didn't even know she worked. Wow. 
I had no, I had no idea my mom had a job. I mean, especially as a little boy. Right. You know, I mean, like, what's your mom do? Well, she makes breakfast and uh-huh. plays with me and talks to me and right. takes me to the park. And I, don't, I, I, I think for the first 18 years of my life, my mom didn't sleep. I don't know when she slept. <laughs> but she was working 11. I mean, she eventually got a, a, a day job. Right. A day right. job. But, but in, in those early, early mm-hmm. times um, when dad was in school, um, and, and dad was, you know, a very active parent is because, you know, school means actually being in college means you're home a lot, too, mm-hmm. you know. And, and he had a, a job to help pay the, you know, pay mm-hmm. the rent. And uh, but that's the kind of mom she was, you know. And, and but it was it was living by example. They did a lot mm-hmm. of teaching. They mm-hmm. I mean, but when it wasn't about i mean we didn't we didn't have very many discussions about the real presence because we, we just all accepted nobody was right we, right there we was no to, everything's on the table it. right now but but everything right. was was i mean the, the their belief in god was so profound their belief in christ was so profound that that if if you were neutral about it you you couldn't ignore it you mm-hmm. know it, it, there's something about um, a person who's really fervent that is impressive, mm-hmm. that makes you, maybe if you didn't even share it, mm-hmm. makes you curious about why is this person so so fervent? Mm-hmm. You know, um, this is a person who's a good person, who's loving and and she's very fervent about Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, there must there must be something you know, as an intellectual type mm-hmm. thing. There must be something there. Mm-hmm. You know, I better I better check this out. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I and I even think there's there's a little bit that just transfers by osmosis. I guess you know mm-hmm. you're you're exposed to it a lot, but we we always have to remember that it's a gift. It's a gift from God. That faith. True. It's a gift. Yes. You don't pat yourself on the back. Mm-hmm. You try to try to help spread it, mm-hmm. for sure. And I applaud those that are in the pews that are not or struggling with it because yeah. they keep putting the effort out. Yeah, well, they're, look, they're, at, look at Mother Teresa. I mm-hmm. mean, look at what came out her writings after her death. Right. About her, you can call it spiritual dryness, whatever it was. True. Yes. And she persevered. She kept. She, she held on to on, what God gave her. You know, she didn't, but she yes. was really, really struggling mm-hmm. and hurting. Yes, uh, you'd think you'd think difficult. somebody who did what she did with her life must have uh, just had a regular conversation with God, you know, and no. and, and she just did, she just was almost, you know, why have you abandoned me? Almost, she right. was almost at that. Mm-hmm. that stage mm-hmm. and which none of us realized till these letters right. or I think they were letters to mm-hmm. uh, a priest I believe mm-hmm. um, that came out and, you, and you're going wow you know that's that's and, and I I know some people when that first came out said ah look at that even Mother Teresa yeah. she she wasn't so sure about God and all this stuff it just made it more compelling for me. I didn't and hear that from it. I heard from the the letters that she didn't get any uh, contact, reassurance, experience well, with tr- God. True. Yeah. But she did believe. But oh, it was it was like a dark yeah. night she, of the soul she, kind she of thing. She believed, but she wasn't. She, yeah, she wasn't getting. I don't know consolation right, or, or, right. or whatever. Had know. the spiritual dryness, but she knew God was there. Oh yeah, yeah, and she wouldn't let go of that. I don't think there was any diminishment in that. What what they tried to nail it tried to pin it on that she, there was never that yeah. it was that she didn't have any consolation or experience of god in in, yeah. in all the aspects and possibly i wonder now putting those two pieces together was god giving us that to for the folks that are now going through that that are experiencing that that questioning they're not they're not completely they haven't had the spiritual experience the grace if you will um and they're kind of where she was but they're still in the pew. And 
you know, putting all that together, they're doing what she did. She, yeah. she, they keep walking the walk, waiting for the grace from God to yeah. give them that experience. And that's what she did. She didn't give up. She didn't need God to keep showing up. He had. Yeah. And she knew she was doing God's work, right? Because she felt the call within the call. And she kept doing it. She kept moving. And maybe that's the model for those that don't have the grace of the of the full experience, the spiritual experience of receiving our Lord in the Eucharist. Yeah. And so she kept going back to God and what she knew. She wasn't she wasn't changing it to where, okay, God, now I want you to show up this way and I want it to be again and I want to do what we did before. And maybe there's something there for us for today, for those folks that, you know, that need to get back into the pew that have kind of walked away. And and it goes back to kind of what I was saying earlier, that as we go through these things and we don't know how to deal with them, we want to get back to a certain place and feel a certain thing and have that experience of God again or just peace, is what do we do? We go back to the basics and what did God give us? And the same thing for families as they're sorting through this and going through this and looking for stability and predictability and how to sort things out and what the catechism has given them. And the catechism speaks very clearly about the family. In um, paragraph 2224, the home is the natural environment for initiating a human being into solidarity and communal responsibilities. Hmm. Wow, that's powerful because it it speaks to how we take a, a person and we prepare them to be in the world. Statistically speaking, we have them for a very small portion, not statistically, percentage-wise. We have them for maybe 20%, maybe 15% of their life that they're in our home. And we have to prepare them and give them everything that they need in order to become part of the community of society. And right now, parents are having to not only do that, as all parents always have, going back to the wagon, they still had to do it. You know, they had to prepare them to, to have life on a farm and know how to survive. And I remember my father-in-law as a farmer. He was concerned. He wanted to make sure all of his kids knew how to take care of themselves. Uh-huh. From from feeding that cow to cooking that cow, he wanted them all. And they're all very capable because of it. And it's that same thing. And but and and giving them the faith to move forward. And then in Proverbs 22, 6, give a lad a training suitable to his character. And even when old, he will not go back on it. It's really true. It's how we form them when they're children. We ch- we form their future. Yeah. And yeah. and I would offer that parenting is not. We, we so much are, are 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 talking about how it's a nominal job. Anyone can do it. I would offer having done it. It's actually so important that the minutia, the boredom, is necessary to balance how critical it is. Because you change, you can form a human being to be. You pick the you pick the value, the moral, the ideal, yeah. and where you want it on the spectrum, and you can change that human being. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's huge. I've always from the <laughs> from the first moment I held my first child in my arms. Um, I mean, I always I always wanted when I was growing up. I always wanted to get married and fall uh-huh. in love and have kids, and I I, I wanted. I wanted what I had in my family. That right. was that was people. You know, once I realized I wasn't going to be able to play professional baseball, you know, because I couldn't hit a curveball. Uh huh. Um, you know, I mean, like when you're a little kid, well, well, what do you want to do when you grow? Oh, I I don't know. Uh, right. Play baseball. Right. You know, right. I I didn't realize professional baseball players actually got paid. I didn't know what you know. I don't <laughs> uh-huh. know how they could be adults and play baseball all day. You know, well, the word but, play is in there. I could see why you wouldn't think salary was in there. Yeah, it's play. It's play, right, you right. know, and I don't know how they fed themselves, but but you don't think about that when you're a kid. No, you don't. You, you, you do know that those were adults, and they got put a uniform on every yeah, day. and, and they got to play. The ball and they got yeah. to play. Like, that yeah. sounds like fun. It does. But other than that, um, that was that was what I what I wanted in my heart, mm-hmm. and and and. Faith was part of that. I mean, mm-hmm. our faith, our, our Catholic faith, was very much a part of that. But um, um, I didn't realize it till I held my. It was a boy. I held my son, and Ted, Theodore, gift from God, oh. which is really weird. I don't know why. Why that name is not a family name, mm-hmm. other than my mom's name is Dorothy, mm-hmm. and. One day, not that long ago, I said, well, that's really strange. 
he was named after his grandma. And, I, and somebody said, well, what do you mean? Theodore or Dorothy? What do you mean? Theodore, oh. God's gift. Dorothy, gift of God. Oh, oh. Yeah. I oh. Mean, they're both. Uh-huh. Theo and Dor. Right. And Dor. Right. You know, I mean, it was exact. Oh, like, wow. <laughs> you know. God's plan still revealing yeah. itself. Yeah. Yes. And, and the firstborn, you know, and, and holding him and realizing at that moment, I would die for this child that 10 minutes ago I didn't even know. And you didn't know that feeling was coming, no, did you? No, and it wasn't an intellectual thing. It wasn't, oh, I'm such a noble person. I would die for right. this child. No, it was an, an instantaneous gift from God. See, that sacrifice is built into parenting. Yeah. God oh, made parents, species right? wouldn't have survived. Right. If parents didn't have that. It was so important. What are some of the last words that Jesus spoke from the cross? Mother, there is your son. Son, there is your mother. He he anointed parenting in that moment and made sure the continuity was there. If that does not speak to the importance and that he will provide for everything we need as parents. And and so from 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 that moment on. Wow. I wanted only only the best for them, Mm -hmm. which included obviously our faith. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, and 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 wanting to protect them, and and wanting yes. to nurture them, and 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 prepare them for the world. Yeah, and I realized what would be from, needed from that moment that 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 was my job. You know, mm-hmm. from from that moment, um, it, it didn't feel like a responsibility. It felt like an act of love. I mean, it was like right. You, you people say you want the best for your children and. And you know that the best doesn't just mean the best clothes or the best food right. or the best even schooling. It mm-hmm. just it just meant you want the best for them morally for mm-hmm. their happiness for 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 everybody going to heaven. Right. You know, and which is ultimately and, the best. And it wasn't. It didn't feel like a responsibility. It felt very natural. Like mm-hmm. like. What else could I want? I, I love them. What yes. Else, what else could you want for someone you love? Right. You know, and sure, there's always the times of tough love where you've got to say, well, that's not good for you. Right. You know, and I know you think maybe it is or it's something you want to do, but mm-hmm. that's, we have to stop them sometimes. You know, yes. We and can't it's let you drive the car when you're nine years old. I don't. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yes, unless you're on a farm and Unless you're on a field. farm, and that you might hear that be. All I think my brother-in-law did draw, yeah. drive about that. Oh, yes, they, they all yes. they all drove tractors when they were twelve right. or something with the blocks taped on the pedal because they needed yeah. to, right? Because yeah. they were prepared. Yes, but um, and and those things are are a gift from God. You know, I mean, I I wasn't prepared for that feeling when I held my son. I mean, I was anticipating it and looking forward to it and right. excited about it, but I had no idea that. How overwhelmed, and how their be, be. their beingness, if you will, and, their personality is been, there. Their personhood, and it's the same with every child that followed. You know, it right. wasn't like oh, well, I mean, I'm, somebody joked once, you know, uh, that uh, with the fir- first kid, you know, and it, it get they get sick. You know, or and, and oh, they've got a fever. Oh, right. Oh, and you're right. just you're just oh, you're just all worried, worried and, and flustered. You know, what right. could it be? And it could be something terrible. And right. you know, and you're all worried about everything. And and by the fourth kid, you just hope they don't throw up on the carpet. <laughs> you know, right? Because we become experienced. There's yeah. a lot of wisdom in parenting. Yeah. And and it is an interesting that parents of parents are called grandparents. Yeah. And I really think it's true because they've sorted through it all. They know what's important, what's not, and don't worry about this and worry about this and pay attention to this. And they see these things and how interesting how this family structure has been disrupted right now is that we don't have much extended family around, but thank you, God, he sees through it as FaceTime is yeah. that you can then see their faces. And, no, there's, and a, there's a lot more. There's, uh, there's, I, I remember one time telling my mom, she didn't have a computer and all uh-huh. that, you know, and I said, you could, be communicating with your brothers in North Dakota every day. You know, mm-hmm. you, you know, it's nice to get a letter, but you know, right, I mean, right. you could be typing on a keyboard and just send right. them a note. And how are you today, Don? You know, how are how, you, what Diane? did she think about that? Yeah, it was, she still didn't quite trust that computer. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Anyway, right. Well, That's Jane, true. We're flat out of time. 
It's always great talking joy. with you as always. Thanks so much. And Thanks for sharing your wisdom as parents because we do have to share with young parents. Yeah, pa- parents, um, and uh, it's the, it's it's God's great greatest gift I think has was allowing me to be a parent. I just I mm-hmm. just love that. It's the best part of my life. Greatest gift. God's got great gifts everywhere. Every gift, everything true. God does is a gift, and and but that's been a, a real blessing in my life. Mm-hmm. So that's going to do it for us for today. Thank you. Thank you, Jane. Thanks for listening. God bless. We'll talk to you all again soon. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at the thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrusites. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour. Uh, some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about Uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org.